Welcome to the Perfectly Integrated Podcast, hosted by Matt Ackerman, where we show the power of teamwork in wealth management. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to Perfectly Integrated. We are live here at the FPA National Conference in Phoenix, Arizona. And I'm sitting across from somebody who almost really needs no introduction, Jamie Hopkins. Jamie, you've got nothing going on, right? Nothing new is happening for you. No, absolutely not. I mean, besides being here at FPA, nothing new is going on. Uh, <laughs> but Matt, great to see you, my friend. Uh, I've appreciated uh, doing these with you over the years and mm -hmm. glad to be on the show. Uh, yeah, the, the biggest thing is I uh, changed uh, to a new job. So mm -hmm. I, I exited out of Carson here at the end of September and uh, started uh, with Bryn Mawr Trust which, uh, and Wisfus, which isn't too far from you. I'm sure you mm -hmm. see those signs every once in a while to head up the wealth team there. So that's super exciting. Uh, I've joined a couple boards, a couple other things going on. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a wild time. I mean, it's a really big change for me. It's been hard. I've tried to be pretty upfront with everybody kind of about the emotional side of it. But it's it's also weird, you know, like I wake up and there's articles about me leaving. I didn't talk to anybody. And I'm like, <laughs> what? It's like, what's going on here? Right. Most people just get to quit their jobs and go somewhere else. Right. Not, <laughs> not, not you. And the reason why you don't is and it's funny because I was sitting at dinner and I'm not going to name drop all the people at dinner, but I was across from Dan and Crosby, and you and him, I consider the two smartest people in this industry. And I said to him, wow, this is crazy. And he's like, he's like, he was, we were both so taken aback. So just know that you're like topping mm -hmm. a conversation, <laughs> even at like a really weird dinner at Future Proof yeah. as this is all happening. And this yeah. all breaks, of course, in the middle of Future Proof. You're changing mm -hmm. gigs. And I could show you the text messages I sent with Ron Carson yeah. after it happened, who like, he was like, he's like, Jamie's like a son to me. And yeah. um, just know that like the impact you leave around this industry is lasting. And I think that's, yeah. that's the best thing any of us can hope for, right? Is that, that people are, are saying nice things about us when we're not sitting there. Yeah, mostly nice things. I know that Daniel Crosby is a really nice guy, so I trust that he said nice things. You, I don't know, but you know, right. it's I'm, a, like, I'm kind of a jerk okay. sometimes. But, sure. Yeah, Daniel's a great guy, and uh, I, I love him dearly too. And yeah, Ron's been, uh, you know, Ron's an interesting guy. Everybody knows that mm -hmm. uh, he's amazing, and he's been, you know, so good to me over the years. So I've been trying to be you know, really respectful of the way I've, I've exited out. I gave the firm some time and, and tried to stay on as long as I could to help with transitions. And then, yeah, joined up with Rimar Trust, excited about that. It's, uh, you know, a big part of it was being in my local area. Uh, you know, kind of, I kind of talk about it. as much as Ron loves Omaha, I, I, I don't. And, uh, you know, it might be the opposite of it. But I enjoyed being in Omaha. It was nice people. But I'm glad to be back in the Philly area with, a, you know, a local bank and a great brand in Bryn Mawr Trust. I mean, it's it's funny thing is I was just talking to American College, which is here. I, you know, I worked there for seven years. Mm -hmm. It's two blocks away from my old office. And they were kind of <laughs> joking, like, you went back to the same block, huh? And mm -hmm. I was like, I guess I did. So I'm right down the street from uh, where I worked before. But be around the kids more and get to read a, you know, an interesting team. I haven't gotten to lead a bank team before. Mm -hmm. um, so different challenges there than just an RIA. I've got an RIA as part of the team, uh, a trust company, uh, a couple other things in there. So that'll be fun. It's interesting to me too, because when we started talking years ago, you were at the American College. Yeah. And it's where like I sat there and said, wow, not only does he make all this stuff make sense, but he makes it make sense for everyone too, which isn't always the case in this industry. This industry is known for, we're going to make things really complicated, so you need us more than ever. Yeah. And your method has always been, let's make this simple so everyone understands retirement income. Yeah. It's the greatest trick I've ever played on people is what you said earlier, that somehow I'm one of the smartest people. I, I'm really not. And so the way that I think I've been effective as an educator, it's like I only understand it that much. 
And so that's how I have to be able to explain it to others. I, I don't understand it at a deep level like a Daniel Crosby might or a Wade Fowl who I got to work with. And, uh, you know, I was telling somebody else recently, I was cleaning out my office and my house. This is kind of a funny story around this. And I found an old piece of paper my mom had given me, like old report cards and everything. And I found, uh, I forget the name of it, but you know that national standardized testing we used to oh, do yeah, as a kid? Oh, yeah, the SRAs or whatever it was called. Yeah. yeah. And so eight-year-old Jamie scored at the bottom 4% of vocabulary and literacy. So, like, I mean, bottom 4% is really bad, Matt. It is not good, <laughs> That's right? like you weren't filling in. Did you use the number two pencil? I yeah, mean, maybe I, have, I have no idea if I <laughs> used the number. But, like, I went to my mom, and I was like, Mom, like, you didn't tell me. Like, I was this bad. She's like, yeah, yeah, like, you didn't do well on that. <laughs> and I was like, man, and a lot of people are always like, you know, you're probably naturally gifted from school. I wasn't. Um, it took me, like, decades to learn how to do school. I felt like every time I was in school, I'd start at the bottom 25%. I'd work my way up to the top 25% before I left that grade, that world. And then I went to high school, did the same thing. College did the same thing. Law school did the same thing. I'm pretty good at school now. Like, I figured it out. But, uh, you know, that part... I think that the main thing is, like, how do you make complex topics simple so people understand it? And I think that a lot of times when you start to learn too much, you make things overly complex. I actually saw that start to happen to me where I started picking up all this retirement income knowledge. And then all of a sudden I was like, I think I'm becoming a worse presenter because I actually knew too much. And I would go down rabbit holes when I'd be talking to people and, you know, way down on this 199 cap a deduction type thing that really doesn't apply to that many you know retirement planning conversations but you'd get really super excited about it and then you realize like you've lost the whole room and so it's how do you stay relatable understand what somebody's actually looking for and whenever i do presentations i start off with the how do i want somebody to feel afterwards less so than the information i want to convey so do i want matt to feel excited do i want him to feel uh, entertained do i want him to feel like this is super complex and he should be worried so that's kind of how i take that approach when i i know that wasn't the question but I just no, no, no. This, this is great because <laughs> what I like about this is it, it brings up the content question. So content's becoming more and more important mm -hmm. for every player that's in yeah. this space, you know. And mm -hmm. I think sometimes we get so involved in these numbers and the minutia, we lose our audience. And what we have to remember is there's probably a lot more people that scored in that bottom 4% of their standardized tests than the people that are super smart and in the top 4%. We have to make this all make sense to everyone because if it makes sense to no one yeah. they're gonna they're just gonna delete the email they're yeah. just gonna delete this and you know i see it in your social posts where you do a great job of like i'm gonna hold up a piece of paper with two words on mm -hmm. it so that you can this, this is all we're talking about here yeah. well, by keeping it simple you must attract much more people who engage around the content then yeah i think that that was there's a lot of like interesting things that came out of those cards that i've been doing for mm -hmm. a long time i, I think if initially it was just tried to do something a little bit different. I'm not the only person in the world that does that. But, uh, you know, I I was like, this is a little different. A lot of times you're scrolling through and you're not listening. So you, you see something visually from a video. Mm -hmm. And I was like, OK, I want to catch the eye. And then I think that part came and I wasn't super planned on that. But the simplicity of it allows you to have like a much I think a better conversation and people always tell me that when I do those videos, it feels like I'm talking to them, mm -hmm. not like presenting or running through. Like It's like a conversation because I don't script them. I do every single one of those as one shot. So sometimes you watch at the end and it's really messy because I always keep them under two minutes and 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. I just hit it. I go. And when I get towards the end, sometimes it's like, hey, I'm out of time. 
stay safe and healthy, everybody. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I found that to be just a nice way to do it because you just speak from the heart. You speak from your mind. And that comes off as real to people. I'll tell you another. I'm learning a lot of things as I, as I you know, have gone to a new place. And an uh, interesting thing, Burt White, chief strategy officer at mm-hmm. Carson and, you know, one of the leaders formerly at LPL, when he joined Carson, he asked me this question. He said, what's your brand? And I told him probably what you would answer too, Matt, was like, well, he's kind of like the retirement guy with these little cards. And then he said, well, how much of your time do you spend on that anymore? And I was like, it's probably less than 5% of my time is content creation. 95% of my time in the last five years has been different things. I think I've launched three or four joint ventures at Carson. I helped lead our largest M&A deal of all time. I've probably hired over 200 people personally. Like I've built out entire teams and departments. You know, I launched the uh, with our amazing coaching team, the partnership with FPA and mm-hmm. built single sign on there. Like I basically build and deliver products and, and, and offerings. And But it, the funny part is that's not my brand. My brand's been a two-minute social clip that I do every Monday morning. And that's been really interesting because people were asking me, well, like, you know, why does a bank want you? And I was like, they don't want me for two minute videos. They want me to go build divisions and lead those teams. And we've got a great talent and a great brand and we just need to pull it all together. Um, And like, I want us to be the best, right, wealth team in our region. So around Philly and Jersey Mm -hmm. and Delaware, like, Bremar Trust and Wisfus is a powerful name there. And uh, that's what I'm excited about leading. But I don't want to lose the communication part. I, I want to continue to podcast every once in a while. I want to continue to speak every once in a while. But I'm scaling that back. And I my thoughts lately have been, how do I get the next Jamie on my team that can go do that stuff? Like, I don't want to do that forever. Um, I don't want to be 75 years old and up on the stage. I want to see almost like a coaching tree. But like, that's what I'm excited about. Right behind us uh, was my old podcast, which yeah. I'm still there. They're recording. And you, you know, had your name yeah, still on the still, back. I, I'm doing one there. But you know, Anna and Odero, and I, I want to see them be the, like the next. Anna's already there, but I want to see Odero be the next great podcaster out there and, and presenter and educator. And I think that would bring a lot more fulfillment in life. And so I got a guy on the team, Andrew Davis at, at Brimar Trust. He's doing videos now and I'm helping him with running his pie. He's awesome. And I want to see him be that next guy. So that's really what starts to get me excited now, Matt. I feel the same way, like when. Everything that happened with investment news, I always wanted to see, like, let's see Shannon level up. Let's see those kind of folks that are, and I would say, like, I just want you guys to be better than I am at this. I mean, it's not, it was never about my ego or the ego stroke you need from this kind of stuff. It was all about relationships. And it's funny because this industry, I love from the perspective of it's just great people that once you get to know them, they're here to just make other people stronger. And I think that is when you see real success is when you see the people that, you help bring up, do way better than you. That's when you get really excited. And you know, I got to see that with Shannon. I get to see that with people like Mark Bruno all yeah. the time. So it's that gets me amped when I get to see them do well. And like you said, the part of your outward brand that everyone knew was, oh, look, here's this guy doing these two-minute videos. But it was always interesting when I look behind the scenes. I'd be like, oh, I see you're starting this division or you're yeah. trying this out. <laughs> and that was way more of what you were doing there at Carson. And it gives you probably a lot more opportunity now that you're at Bryn Mawr. Yeah. 
I yeah. think so. It's uh, it's going to be fun. And, you know, I'm, I'm figuring out as I go now. And I, I do have other things, too, that I love. You know, I just uh, say I was going to talk about this one. The next gen is important. We kind of went yeah. there. And, you know, I launched FinSurf Foundation uh, about three years ago. We mm-hmm. have, you know, we've taken over 200 students out to conferences in the last uh, year. We've, you know, we're kind of over 300 uh, fellows in there. And inside of FinSurf Foundation, it's nonprofit. Uh, we've got a great board that's part of it. Kellen Brown, Dr. David Roney, you know, Michael Lane from BlackRock. It's Preston Cherry, a lot of the names that people know. Craig LeMoyne, who mm-hmm. was also just sitting here as a board member. And we've got a fantastic crew. And that thing's taken off. Uh, we've scaled a lot faster than we thought we were going to. But we do coaching for two years. Uh, we provide scholarships for an at-need basis um, for things like your 65, 7. And then we do a full conference covered, flight, hotel, all of that for these college students. And then we provide mentorship, which we launched this summer uh, with 60 68 uh, college students that we matched up with mentors, which was really like amazing to see all these advisors and CFPs come out and support that. So that's been fun. I'm excited. I'm going to stay as president and kind of keep running that for a couple years at least. Uh, but again, right, someday hopefully somebody replaces me there, right, and takes it over and, and carries it forward. So Kate Healy is going to be joining our board too in uh, January. So that's pretty exciting that we haven't put that release out. So it's kind of breaking news here, but uh, uh, she's told some people too. So it's, we're not, we're not a secret, right? So. Kate's the best. <laughs> Kate is the, the absolute best. best. <laughs> no, I, if there's anything we can do on that end, yeah. that's something I'm really passionate about is helping these next gen, not both the advisors, because what's so interesting is some of them are training in these financial planning programs. We're just talking to Craig. And I think they're going to end up in careers in financial services that have nothing to do with mm-hmm. being a planner. They're going to end up as content creators. They're going to end up oh, yeah. in the back office. And it's just there's a bevy of opportunities here that, that I think they're not even aware of, of yeah. what, what kind of things are available to them. And then they come to a great event like this or anything and they go, oh, I, I can do that. That's really cool. Or they talk to somebody. You're not going to get that behind a screen or in a classroom. Sometimes you got to be immersed here to make that kind of stuff happen. Yeah, well, we always need donations as we nice. scale up, and we always need new mentors because uh, that part, you know, I'm, I'm super impressed by how many people we had reach out, but as the program continues to grow, you know, I'm going to need more and more mentors over time. And it's a six-month structured mentorship, so mm-hmm. if you've never mentored before, you don't have to figure out how to do it. Kellen Brown and I created all the content. We sounded every month to the mentor and mentee, so they have a defined path. Now, look, some people just choose to go off on other topics, and that's great, mm-hmm. but that it kind of removes that fear on both sides. Like, a lot of you people listening to the show have great information that a 22-year-old would get from you, mm-hmm. but... I don't want you to be afraid of doing it. So we've kind of taken all that legwork out. We do the matching, provide all the materials. Um, So it's been, yeah, so far, really good success. That's awesome because I think having done some mentoring, I would love to kind of get a little more structure around it. It's interesting because I worked a lot with media folks and Mm -hmm. like, and my advice always when it came to mentorship, one piece of advice was like, read a lot. Go and immerse yourself in information so that when people talk to you, it's not like they're speaking another language. And I think sometimes... That is usually where people fall short is they don't read enough. They don't immerse themselves enough and they try to fake it. And it's especially on the media side. They haven't gone to classes. Most of the media people studied journalism and how to yep. write. They didn't <laughs> study this space. And then all of a sudden they're asking you questions and you're like, you should know that already, shouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think it's really important that, that whatever you're doing in terms of being a mentor, there is more structure around it because mm-hmm. – especially in a six-month program, you probably see a lot of excitement at the beginning and then it falls off. That's why you need that kind of structure. That's really Mm -hmm. important. Yeah, and we did put six months in place. Obviously, some will continue after they'll develop relationships, but we didn't want people to feel like they're going to get stuck in a forever 
do I have to, you know, call this person for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you love them, then then you connect, sure. But like, we wanted to put a defined piece around it. Advisors mm-hmm. are busy, you know. Even the the students and fellows are busy, so we don't want people to feel like this is forever. Oh, that's and that's really really important too. Now, what else? You know, you had one other thing that's big that's happening right now. You got a lot of stuff happening. Yeah. So, so well, so the I other one I'll mention is because uh, I, I kind of dropped a little bit of it. Uh, it's my retirement income love. I joined yes. the board of uh, Income Lab, and uh, I'm super impressed by them. If you haven't checked them out, go to IncomeLaboratory.com. And I say laboratory because of Dexter's Lab, and it's laboratory. <laughs> I know that they don't not pronounce it that way, but I will always say it that way: <laughs> laboratory. You know, and so I, I'm. Never changing that. Um, I think it's my favorite part about it, right, is mm-hmm. that I can give Dexter Lab references. But they're an adaptive-based retirement income software. And to me, um, I used to talk about that a lot. We taught it in RICP, but there was actually no technology back in the back in the day when Wade and I and David Littell built it that did that. Generally speaking, I think most of the retirement income software over the last decade was really bad. I got the Carson five years ago and everyone was like, hey, you're going to roll one out. And I was like, I'm not. I don't I don't believe in any of the ones that are out there that really move the needle. So, you know, now as a, a Bryn Mawr, we're rolling out some of these new technologies for our advisors and clients. I think it's really important, but that's one I invested in. I'm super impressed with that team. Justin's an MIT guy. And you're starting to see a little bit more of that in our space from a tech standpoint is the technology that's coming in now. They're not just advisors that had a Excel sheet that then paid 1500 bucks for somebody to turn it into an app. Like we're actually seeing real tech people come in and build really cool tech. So like wealth.com's a really cool one. I don't know if you that they've got yeah. an amazing group. Oh, they're amazing. That, that, um, what Tim's doing over there is, is yeah. just so impressive. They're awesome. Um, there's a new one called wing.app, uh, Sean Wing. Um, and they have people like they're like Apple execs and stuff that back that one are launching this one. So it's not Apple and I'm doing air quotes, but it's like the execs that helped launch Apple are now building this. They also some of the coders and people who help build Airbnb are part of that project. Like, we're seeing real tech come into the space, um, which is really interesting. And then the other one, actually, I see them sitting over here, um, is LifeX. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not technically a tech, but it's a development and in investing. I will tell you that that is the coolest investment product I have seen now um, in 15 years in the space. So wow. if you haven't checked out LifeX, check it out. I think they launch in January of 2024. So um, go go check them out. Stone Ridge Company uh, got SEC approved. And essentially what they did is they took a bond fund and layered in mortality credits like an annuity would inside of a 40-act fund. And they were also going to age and gender discriminate inside of this fund, which is wild to think. But so somebody born in like 1964, that's a male, will have a different ticker than somebody born in 1965 that's a female. Because they do actually have to, to be able to build those mortality credits into that. They have to age and gender discriminate. And the SEC approved it. And it's phenomenal. I mean, it's if it works as they think it is, it's really just going to take some of the benefits of insurance and move it into the investment world where we've been talking about how does the insurance world end up more like the investment world. The interesting thing that just happened is the investment world went and became more like the insurance world, which I thought was like, I think we all got that one wrong. <laughs> and, it's, <laughs> and it's super cool. I know this, those are a bunch of things out there. But um, yeah, go. I would say I, I'm not involved with them by any means. So I'm just telling you stuff that I'm seeing now in the space that I think is super interesting. But love being part of Income Lab. LifeX is super cool. Wealth.com and uh, Wing App. Um, that one's more of a B2C. But I think it's one to watch because 
those things are also, they're competing for your clients if you're an advisor, if you're a wealth provider. So you should be paying attention to it. You know, how are they approaching it? What are they talking about? What different things are they doing that you might not be doing? So I think that's kind of the stuff in the space that I'm really interested in. You need to be paying attention to all of this too. I think that's, that's the important, another important takeaway here is like, AI obviously is just taking mm-hmm. over everybody's conversation. And I, I, I heard someone say this a couple of weeks ago that like AI is probably not taking your job, but if you don't pay attention to it, mm-hmm. that's the people who pay attention to these oh, things. Yeah. The people that pay attention to the advancements that you're talking about in technology, those are the ones that are going to continue to advance because yeah. you can have better conversations. You hopefully can then focus more on the relationship. That's really important here because these are taking away all those back office tasks yep. that are behind you here. Yeah, I think I tweeted two years ago, roughly speaking, that um, when I saw Holista plan for the first time, I tweeted and said, Holista plan will be table stakes for every advisor. I think 80% of the advisory world will have Holista plan in two to five years. We're two years in. I think we're probably 50% now. I mean, almost everybody's using them. It's one of the, it's probably one of the fastest adopted tech pieces I see. Um, I think the stuff like Trust and Will, Wealth.com, Vanilla, um, Steve Lockchin's one. Now, I think Wealth.com's kind of jumped them, yeah. everybody else, but I think the same on that one. I think if you're a firm that's not looking at that, you are missing the boat completely. I think Income Lab's the same, that they have significantly jumped all the other retirement income. I think those two are core things that if you don't add them to your practice, you fall behind really quickly. And that's a lot of value. And I agree with the AI sentiment, which is it's not going to replace your job, but the person who leverages AI and new tech and tech, tech, AI driven tech, Mm -hmm. they're going to replace your job. Like that guy or woman or firm that is leveraging that, they're going to become more efficient. They're going to move faster. They're going to deliver better advice and they are going to take your job, right? They're going to take your clients. Now, like, Literally, most clients don't leave advisors, so I do understand the fact that like that's not exactly what's mm-hmm. going to happen, but they're taking the space. It's going to be harder to grow if you're not competitive in that world, and, and that's how I feel about it. You know, you got to learn how to use those things just like we had to learn how to use computers and Excel and Money Guide and eMoney and CRMs. We got to know how to use this next tech that is coming through the space too. Wealth.com is so interesting to me because I think they've thought a lot about the relationship piece of this. Uh-huh. They have a director of community there oh, yeah. who does an incredible job. He's, uh, you know, I got to meet him at Future Proof. I was blown away by also the enthusiasm that they bring yeah. to what they're doing on a daily basis. So, you know, this is not a giant sales pitch for Wealth.com. Yeah. I just think companies that think about all of those kind of things around the perimeter, they, it used to be, here's a good tool, yeah. use it. And now it's more about, okay, how do we, make ingratiate you into mm-hmm. this com- into this community yeah. so that not only are you using it leveraging it but you're telling us how to make it better too yeah. and that's really important yeah and i invested in wealth.com too i i know people aren't usually required to disclose all that stuff i always think it's a good thing when i'm on shows and actually i think it's interesting because i always view it as like it's an endorsement it's not like a you know, I want you to go use it so it makes me money. It's like I invested because I think they're awesome. Like that's yeah. the only reason I invest in places is because I really think that they're amazing uh, in what they do. So, uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of theirs too, super impressed. And, you know, they've done it before too. I mean, that's the interesting thing about that team is like they came from a space. They've already built companies. They scaled them, right, and they know how to do this. And that's what's exciting me about what's coming next in, in the tech space here for uh, the wealth management world. It, it's so interesting, and, and I think there's so many great things coming wealth management. It's funny. So I like to end each of these podcasts with a question from my 12-year-old son, CJ. And the cool thing about these questions, James, is I— he's not here this time. He's not here. And I like, I like it when he's here. He, it's yeah, way better when way he's better. here. So yeah. the funny part about this— <laughs> 
The funny part about doing this is I then get to tell him about you guys. Okay. So I get to tell him about you, and and we've done this, these kind of Q&As for years and things like that. So seven years ago, by the way, we did our first video together. So that ah, feels like awesome. a long time ago, man. Actually, no, it might be even longer than that. But mm-hmm. so CJ's question to you was, because I told him about how you were, you were able now to come home. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be out there as much. So his question to you is, how do I get my dad? <laughs> Thanks, Siege. How do I get my dad to focus more on family and being home more and not on the road as much? What What was the turning point inside the house that made you say, I've got to make that change too? Oh, this this one's, uh, well, one, I think a really great opportunity came up that I could be yes. at home with Bryn Mawr Trust. So like without that, I wouldn't have left, right? right? I mean, so that's one thing is right. I had a great team that I got to go work with right down the street. The second part is, look, my kids are getting to the age where I want to be around. My son asks me every time I leave now, do I love work more than him? Oh, God. That breaks my heart. So Gavin is, and Gavin's the one that loves me the most. Um, But look, like. (laughs) How how many kids? I've got three. three. I've got Rebecca, Gavin, and Wesley, and then Baxter, which is my dog, which you've seen before, too. Um, Then my wife, and she works full time, too. I mean, Kathy's an attorney. Mm -hmm. She works at USLI. Um, She's fantastic. So we got two full time working people. And I also love, I want, I love Philly. I mean, you know that. Um, Mm -hmm. I love the area. I want to be part of it. I want to be part of the local community. And I actually kind of miss that. And my wife and I would talk about it. Like we do stuff for dinners and meet people, but they're always like Joe advisors coming through town. Hey, Jamie, are you around? Sally advisors coming through town. Hey, are you around? We don't really spend enough time like with our local community, people that live next door and all those things. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited for that part too. Uh, so maybe that's the, the way to get you home is make sure that you have friends that want to hang out with you around the area. Uh, so maybe, you know, I don't know he, if you're listening, right? Like tell your friends, you know, parents that they want to hang out with your dad and set plans. Well, you have gas. <laughs> Gavin, who loves you the most, my six-year-old Rhino loves me the most. So he he definitely gives me crap when I'm yeah. and says, "Do you love yeah. work more than you love me?" So that's tough. Jane, this is awesome. I'm gonna wait till we see each other again at Schwab, okay. so that I can then find out your favorite cheesesteak and yeah, that, that I'm gonna need to find out. Well, too. I'll give some one. So uh, you know, it's uh, yeah, I, I like. It's actually funny enough. The, my favorite one is not super close. The one that I get the most is actually Campus Corner, and mm-hmm. it's right by Villanova. But you have to get – they have like a super one, mm-hmm. and you have to get that one. If you don't get that one, the bread is different, and I don't like it as much. So it's like 18 inches or whatever long. And then uh, – Jim's on South Street, which I think burnt down. I haven't been since I think it reopened, but Jim's was always my favorite on South Street. So that's right down the street from Schwab Im- Impact, and you can go there. Nice. We're going to go to Impact. We're going to have a cheesesteak, and always good to see you, my friend. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate you, buddy. Thank you so much to our audience as well. This has been another great episode of Perfectly Integrated. Thank you for joining us, Jamie Hopkins. And as always, I'm Matt Ackerman from Integrated Partners. Have a great day.